0: So let's start by praying. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you that you are a faithful God. Lord God, I pray that you would help me today to speak from your word. Would you speak through me? Would you open up our hearts to hear what you have to say? And may we come to know you more this morning, Lord God, that we might love you more and obey you more and tell others about you more. In Jesus' name. Amen. So to give you an overview of what we're going to look at, um, let's revisit the aims for our series Unchanging. And these are that we come to know him more fully, we love him more passionately, obey him more wholeheartedly and tell others about him more often. This morning, I'm going to address each of these aims in turn um, with regards to God's faithfulness and with the help of four words. So if you just remember four things, you've just got four words. Dependable, trust, remember, share. God's faithfulness is demonstrated time and time again in the Bible. His faithfulness weaves through the whole story of the Bible from Old Testament to New Testament. And in Jesus, we see the ultimate demonstration of God's faithfulness. As faithfulness is such a fundamental aspect of God's character... You won't be surprised to hear there are countless passages in the Bible that I could have chosen to speak from today. I couldn't choose just one. So I'm going to use a different passage for each of um, my four sections today. So let's start by digging deeper into what faithfulness actually means so we can better understand this aspect of God and hence come to know him more fully. So if you can turn with me to Exodus chapter 34, verses six and seven, and the words will be behind me on the screen. So Exodus 34, the Lord passed before him, that is Moses, and proclaimed, the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving inequity and transgression and sin, but who will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the inequity of the fathers on the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. Now, this may seem familiar because Nathaniel preached from it a couple of weeks ago, But we revisit it today because it is such an important self-proclamation of God about his character. And in it, we see God describe himself as abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. But what does that actually mean? What is God saying of himself? And can we trust what he says? So the Hebrew word that's used in this passage and translated as faithfulness is the word imit, Excuse my pronunciation if you can speak Hebrew. And this means firmness, faithfulness, truth. And indeed in some Bible passages, the same Hebrew word is translated for us as truth. And I find this really interesting because it reveals that truth and faithfulness are actually part of the same characteristic. So God's faithfulness comes out of God's truthfulness, Jeremiah 10.10 states that the Lord is the true God. All God's knowledge and words are both true and the final standard of truth. God is truth. God decides what is true. And therefore, we read in Romans 10.18, it is impossible for God to lie. And this declaration is repeated elsewhere in scripture too. So therefore God's faithfulness is underpinned by his truthfulness and it means he will always do what he says he will do. He has to because he cannot lie. If he says something will happen, it will. If he says he will do something, he will. He will always fulfil what he has promised. God is reliable. He is faithful to his words We can depend on him to never be unfaithful to his promises. Another Hebrew word that's often used in the Old Testament and translated as faithfulness is the word emunah. And this means firmness, faithfulness, fidelity, steadfastness, steadiness. God does not waver. He does not falter. He is dependable. He is the rock that we cling to. And this is why Moses declared in Deuteronomy 32, for I will proclaim the name of the Lord, ascribe greatness to our God, the rock. His work is perfect for all his ways are justice. A God of faithfulness and without iniquity, just and upright is he. So saying that God is a God of faithfulness means he is dependable he will always do what he has said he will do and he will always fulfill what he has promised but what evidence do we have that this is true well as we've said God's faithfulness is so core to his being that you cannot escape it and there are countless examples in his word and in our lives and as I've been preparing for this preach over the last few weeks, I've found that every scripture I read seems to point to God's faithfulness. And okay, that is because I've been focusing on this aspect, but actually it's also because his faithfulness is always there. He is unchanging after all. My study Bible has this wonderful phrase to describe God's self-proclamation of character that we read in Exodus 34. And if we can just have that next slide so we can see it again. Um, And it says that this self-proclamation runs like a golden thread through the Old Testament. And it does. From the first books of the Bible, through the Psalms, the prophets, we hear the phrases in this passage, God is merciful, gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. We hear these phrases time and time again. And to steal the phrase, God's faithfulness runs like a golden thread throughout the whole bible. It is the golden thread through the whole of mankind's redemption story. And I don't have enough time today to show you examples from each chapter in the history of God's people. But I promise you they're there. This golden thread of faithfulness weaves its way from the fall through the old covenant, through the nation of Israel's complicated history, through their captivity, their wilderness, their glory days, their division. It runs through their faithlessness and their disobedience to the rebuilding of Jerusalem. It runs through the 400-year gap between the Old Testament and the New Testament. And it is personified in the person of Jesus. And then through Jesus, God's faithfulness, this golden thread of God's faithfulness, runs right up to the present day and then beyond to the time of Jesus' return and into eternity. All of God's promises to his people in the Old Testament ultimately point to the saviour that he would provide. And that saviour is Jesus. When God promises to David that he will establish an everlasting kingdom through David's offspring in 2 Samuel 7, he's talking about Jesus. Jesus. When God promises to make a new covenant in Jeremiah 31 for all to know him and that he will forgive their sins, he's talking about Jesus. Jesus is all the evidence we need that God is faithful because he is the fulfillment of God's promises in the Old Testament. Speaking of Christ, Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 1 verse 20, all the promises of God find their yes in him. So in the Old Testament, God's promises were specifically for his people, for the Israelites. But in the New Testament, we learn that through Christ, God calls all people to himself through faith in him. And so through Christ, we as Christians are now God's chosen people. And we are able to take hold of all of the promises that God has made. And we can trust him to be faithful to those promises. So what has he promised? Let's just look at a few. So as I've said, Ultimately, God's most important promise to us is to provide a saviour, and that is Jesus, to forgive our sins and to restore our relationship to him. And we're told in 1 John 9, verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What an amazing promise that is. And we could just wait there for the whole rest of this god's also given us other promises and maybe some of those other promises are what what you need to hear today so god promises to be with us jesus speaking in matthew 28 20 says i am with you always to the very end of the age god says he will provide for us we're told in matthew 7 Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. He will provide. He'll provide for those everyday things that we need. And he knows what we need, and he will provide them. God also promises to provide a way out when we're tempted 1 Corinthians 10 verse 13 says God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability but with the temptation he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it maybe you 're facing a particular temptation at the moment and it just feels like too much of a struggle well God promises to provide a way out he promises to be with you to help you through that and Will not give us any temptation that is too much for us to bear. So trust him in that. God also promises to be faithful, even when we are faithless. And again, we see examples of this through the history of God's people when time and time again they're faithless. God is faithful. And 2 Timothy 2.13 says, if we are faithless, he remains faithful. And we can trust in that. We can hold on to that. And we want to be full of faith. But actually, God promises that even if we're not, he does not change. He is still faithful. And this season's been, this last year and a half, it's been a time of of pain, hasn't it? It's been a time of mourning and you may have lost somebody close to you or maybe you haven't, maybe you're just affected by the pain and the mourning and the death that has become so apparent in our country, in the world. But God promises something so amazing In Revelation 21, verse 4, he promises to wipe away every tear. He says, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And we feel pain in this life and we feel suffering and we see the effects of death and it's horrible. But that's why God has chosen to make a way for us to overcome death and to live with him in eternal life and that is the hope that we have hope beyond the grave and that is the hope that we can cling to and as you hear these promises this morning know that our God is dependable he is faithful So let's respond to God's unchanging faithfulness and the amazing promises that he's made. And how do we do that? Well, firstly, we love him more passionately. We trust him. So if you can turn with me to Psalm 92, we're looking at verses 1 to 4. It is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your steadfast love in the morning and your faithfulness by night, to the music of the lute and the harp, to the melody of the lyre. For you, O Lord, have made me glad by your work. At the works of your hands, I sing for joy. Firstly, we love him by worshiping him. And these truths should stir our hearts to worship because we have a magnificent God and we just want to worship him as a result. Time and time again, the psalmists declare God's faithfulness throughout the Psalms. And this should be an example for us to turn to God in worship in response to his faithfulness. And we're going to have a chance to do this at the end. And I hope that you'll join me in savouring the words of the great hymn, Great is Thy Faithfulness. I love an old hymn. I love hymns and worship songs that recite scripture because it's so helpful to sing scripture because it gets into our hearts and a lot of these old hymns are so steeped in the word of God because actually people couldn't read and so the only way that they could learn scripture was by singing it and we can read now which is great but I bet we're all quite not so good at memorizing scripture and actually it's good to memorize scripture because it gets it into our hearts and singing scripture is a way a really excellent way of doing this and I really want to encourage you to do this and to find songs worship songs old hymns that are so steeped in scripture so that it actually gets it into our hearts and as I say sometimes this does mean going back to hymns or to golden oldies I loved singing blessing and honour the other week um but singing scripture has such value um So, yeah, please do, please do do that to memorize scripture and to take it into your heart. Uh, Quite a few of the Bible, there's lots of Bible passages, including quite a few of the ones we've looked at today, that I know really just because I can sing the song that's based on them, but that is great because it just brings it into our hearts. And of course, while sung worship is important, our worship to God is not simply about singing songs. Instead, our whole lives are to be worshiped to God. God doesn't want sacrifices, he wants our hearts. That is our sacrifice to him. And we show our love for God when we trust in him and trust in all that he has said. Our response to God's faithfulness should be our faithfulness to God. Our response should be our faith in him. We should be full of faith. And God wants this. He wants us to be full of faith. He laments over his people when they demonstrate a lack of faith. And we're commanded to trust him. Maybe today you need to trust in the promises that we read earlier. The author of Proverbs compels us to trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. The essence of true faith is taking God at his word and relying on him to do as he has promised. Leaning not on our own understanding shows us that at times, trusting God and his promises may be counter to what our own understanding is telling us. And at these times, especially, we need to learn how to trust God and how to take him at his word. And this leads us on to our next point, which is to obey him more wholeheartedly. And the word for this section is remember. So if you turn to Lamentations chapter 3, we're looking at 21 to 23. But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. So how do we trust in God's faithfulness? As we've said, this may be, seem easier to do when times are, things are good and going our way, but more difficult when life is hard. But the Bible teaches us how to do this. And we've got multiple examples of biblical authors crying out to God in their time of need and trusting in his faithfulness as they do. The book of Lamentations that we've just read from does exactly what it says on the tin. It is full of lament. It laments the fall of Jerusalem and is full of language expressing the author's great grief and pain at this event. But in the midst of this lament, in the very middle, we find a wonderful example of trusting God in the midst of our pain. And the author really does stress his pain. A few verses before those we've just read, he says, My soul is bereft of peace. I have forgotten what happiness is. This is a deeply troubled individual. Maybe you feel like that. Maybe that's how you feel today. My soul is bereft of peace. I've forgotten what happiness is. Well, the author chooses to remind himself of God's love and faithfulness when he's in that place and puts his trust in that. And that's why he says, But this I call to mind. He's saying, I'm going I'm to remember this. I'm, che- I'm going to choose to remember this. It says this. I remember this. And we need to do the same. We need to call to mind God's character, his faithfulness, his promises when all around seems bleak. And also when all around is good. We need to remember. But how do we do this practically? Practically. Because it can be hard, right? It can be hard. Uh, so, to give you a personal example, I've, I've recently experienced a time of waiting and the need to trust in God to provide. And I've also recently walked through a dry season when I've struggled to connect with God in the way I used to. And I have struggled to hear his voice. And I've experienced doubts that I've never really had before in my relatively long life as a Christian. And it's been hard. And now that I'm coming out of the other side, it would be easy to be flippant or make some unhelpful platitudes. And I'm not pretending to know the struggles that you're experiencing today or the pain that you have to bring before God. But I can tell you this, God knows where you are and he knows what you're going through and he longs to help you. Because he loves you with a steadfast love and faithfulness. And as we're learning, the Bible teaches us this pattern to remember God's past faithfulness in order to give us confidence of his present faithfulness and his future faithfulness. So just as we've read, but this I call to mind. And we see, again, multiple examples of this, again, in the Psalms of the psalmist, remembering God's faithfulness and declaring his faithfulness as unchanging character in the midst of questions and pain and lament. And this is the pattern we should use as well. During my recent season, I was waiting for God to provide me with a job as a consultant now that I've finished my medical training. Um, and I found it really useful in this time of waiting, which was kind of over, over six months. Um, I found it really useful to make a big list of all the times in my life that God has been faithful in the circumstances of my life. And it was a big long list because God has been really faithful to me in my life particularly when it comes to to jobs. So I could list them all down and I went back to this and I kept going back to it and reminding myself, saying, God, you've been faithful. You have been faithful. You will be faithful. And so I remembered and that stirred my faith to believe that he'd be faithful again. I also listened to Christian music that sang of God's faithfulness and that stirred my heart. I love a fabulous song by a woman called Lauren Daigle called Remember. And she's got this wonderful, powerful voice. And as she sings, I remember, I remember, you have always been faithful to me. And it stirs my heart and I meditate on that song and I play it on repeat and I go up to the top of Bridge Hill and I sing it out and I think about the golfers that might hear me and I don't mind. Because I've got my headphones in. You know you've got your headphones in. And actually, you kind of think that no one can actually hear what you're doing. And I persisted in reading my Bible. And that wasn't always opening my Bible, because sometimes that was hard. Sometimes you've got to look for different ways to help you in that as well. So I tried different methods, different Bible study plans, different books, different podcasts to help me to engage with God in a time when simply opening my Bible was hard. And through persevering with that, I discovered new ways for God to speak to me through his word and ultimately with regards to my new job I had to reach a place of letting go of the thing that I most desired and to say in my heart even if you do not do this thing God you are still faithful and this heart attitude is exemplified in the Bible and we've learned recently things like the story of Esther when she says if I perish I perish in the story of Daniel when Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego say if We know that the God we serve is able to save us and to rescue us, but even if He does not, we will not serve your gods. And it's that attitude of, I'm going to trust you, whichever way this goes. God's faithfulness is not dependent on our circumstances or dictated by what we perceive as the best answers to our prayers. Regardless of how He answers us, We can trust that God loves us and that he will provide for us according to his best plan, because he is faithful. Now, as it happens, God did provide the job for me that I wanted, which is amazing news. But he also taught me a lot about trusting in his faithfulness in that time of waiting. And before we move on, it's also important just to remember again to thank God for his faithfulness in the times of plenty as well. And sometimes it can be easier to depend on God when we're like, oh God, we really need this, we really need this. And when everything's like, woohoo, things are great. You can think, oh, it's great because it's just great rather than remembering it's great because of God. (sighs) So remembering God's faithfulness and thanking him for it is critical in every season. So let's move on to our final point, which is to tell others about him more often. Let's share this news with others. So Hebrews 10, verses 23 to 25. And if you want to turn to it, then please do. Hebrews 10. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Our knowledge of God's faithfulness and our experience of his love in our lives should naturally flow into the desire to share that with the people around us. As we saw earlier, God's faithfulness is demonstrated perfectly in the life, death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus is the promised saviour and he who promised is faithful. Jesus is the hope referred to in this passage, the hope of salvation of eternal life with God. He takes away our sin. He's paid the price that we should have paid. Through Jesus, God restores our relationship with him. If you don't have that relationship with God today, if you don't know Jesus, if you haven't put your trust in him, then there's an opportunity for you to do that today. You can find me or one of the leaders at the end of the meeting and we'd love to talk with you and to pray with you about how you can accept this amazing gift that Jesus offers and how you can be brought into relationship with our faithful God and enjoy all of his amazing promises. And if you're watching online, then you can contact us at the church and we can get together with you to talk this through more. If you do already have this relationship, then I encourage you to share it. God's faithfulness is good news, so let's tell others about it. We do this through our words and through our actions. If we demonstrate our trust in God through the way we live our lives, and just by talking about it, that speaks volumes to those around us who walk without hope. Sometimes we also need to be brave and we need to speak the words. So let's ask God for opportunities to share our experience of his faithfulness this week. And let's not neglect to meet with one another. As we've heard earlier, as the passage says, it has been hard with COVID. But now we're beginning to be able to meet together. Let's do it if we're able. Let's be faithful to continue to meet together because meeting together, we can stir one another up. As it says, we can stir one another up. We can encourage one another. We can share examples of God's faithfulness. And then that gives each other faith for how God can be faithful in, in each other's lives so in summary today we've explored God's faithfulness and we've discovered that God is dependable his faithfulness is rooted in his truthfulness and that because he cannot lie he will always do what he has promised to do and we've looked at some of the amazing promises that God has made to us We've reminded ourselves that we show our love for him by worshipping him and by putting our trust in him and believing in what he's promised. We've learned to obey him more wholeheartedly by remembering God's past faithfulness to give us hope for present and future faithfulness. And we've been encouraged to tell others about his great faithfulness and his wonderful promise of salvation because this gift is too great to keep to ourselves, we must share it.